What's up, what's up, everybody? I can't believe it's the 2024! Happy New Year! 2024. Happy New Year! Glad you all survived. Uh, Did they the, survive? Did they really know. survive? I mean, they, if they're here, they survived 2023. Um, so, <laughs> congratulations to all of you. Congratulations, um, welcome to the shit show. Quick show update. Thank you all. We hit 400 subs. We are at 426. We are at 426 bam, 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 bam. as of today of this recording. We put up the challenge on on X. I, I refuse to call it X. Yeah. You saying X as well. <laughs> Whoa. X formerly known as Twitter. The social remember media. DX. The, the, remember the, DX from World, uh, WWF. knows that one. This is one of those references Iceman will never get. I'm gonna find. Oh, I never get that one. I'm gonna have to find some DX footage, throw it in there. Oh yeah, for sure. WWE is gonna sue our asses. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. So hit that subscribe button so we can get monetized and we can pay for the law. Yeah, the law, pay for the lawyers. The, so lawyers and the legal fees so we can. Footage. Yeah, so we can continue stealing up the WWE footage. <laughs> So yeah, thank you all. I'm super happy. Oh about my gosh, that. thank you. You know, it's been a crazy ramp up. Thanks for everybody commenting on on our posts and uh, and our uh, episodes. Uh, truly love that. Anyway, how was Christmas and New Year's for you all, Iceman? Oh. I know you're in like the darkest place on Earth right now in the winter. Of... I'm in the darkest place on <laughs> Earth. I spent most of my Christmas squeeze days and everything like that with. Uh, chaperoning 12 teenage kids in, in the mountains skiing for they were troopering on that was negative 22 below 22 degrees celsius was really really cold I'm proud of them but uh, it meant that i didn't do very much in that sense and then i got back and i celebrated new year's a little bit here with some friends and uh, squeezed in whole heaps of YouTube videos. I'm so sorry. Who've been? I've been pestering social media and YouTube, and I try to up to reach my goal of uh, monetizing my own channel, and I managed in the end. So I'm gonna relax a little bit now. That's Congratulations! Congratulations, man! I'm Holy crap! That's huge. That's that huge. takes so much. I was it like, why is much, ice much more? <laughs> Why is Iceman streaming so much and uploading so many video clips in the last couple of weeks? And then I was realizing Dude, he was trying to hit that watched hour. He was uh, trying person. to hit that. And then he was crushing it too. Like you were putting out freaking, oh, hey, by the way, do you want a Bluetooth to your Proxmark? Do you want a yeah. Wi-Fi to your Proxmark? Like it's super useful stuff, man. This is stuff that I've wanted to do for ages. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for all the things you've done and the work. And I know there's a community too. So freaking awesome. Congratulations. You deserve it for yeah. sure. Go. So if you are you subscribed so to us, but not to Iceman, you're doing it wrong. Just subscribe to both of us, you know? Yeah. So if you get like 500 subs, we are raiding Iceman's channel. We're going over to Iceman's channel one day. We'll do a collab on his channel going, yo. Ooh, oh, oh. Right? And it'll be hosted on his channel, right? Maybe we do money. like a secret video, a secret yeah. video on his channel. 500 subs. Drop a bunch of Easter Next eggs. Promise. So if you want us to be showing up on his channel, go. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it. Kentaro and I will do a channel takeover of Iceman's yeah. channel. So that's like not that. even a threat. That's a promise. Oh, <laughs> no, that's a damn promise. Yeah, that's a damn promise. <laughs> How damn was promise. your holidays, Mike? Or Dark oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I'm so thankful. Had amazing time. I didn't chaperone 12 kids because guess what? We didn't have any of that snow. You had Iceman. I wanted that snow. I wanted it. I wanted it very deeply. Um, snow in Utah? No, we, this has been a crazy dry year. We, yeah, we've, we, we had one big storm and then, uh, I went skiing one time and it was icy. So we haven't really, but however, since then it's been like a marathon of kids and presents and gifts and new years and running around. And it's been amazing. It's been super awesome. And then on top of it, because we're doing CES is for apex, we've got a booth at freaking CES. That's right. Like it blows my mind. Like uh, I was in Black Hat Europe. Um, Carfuckers, like no, the only good place is the startup village. 
I applied and we got approved and accepted. And so it's blowing my mind. Now we're having a booth at CES. So turns out there's a lot of planning that has to go into that. So I've been doing a shit ton of planning to to get a booth ready, get cards ready, get hardware ready, get proofs concept ready for demos. So yeah, next week I'm going to be all down in Vegas um, doing the Vegas thing. This is like the first year, like it's going to be about me and my products, my brain matter. I don't know. I'm on a high, man. It's super exciting. I'm, I'm not ready, but I'm ready. So we're going to well figure it out. I say. So, and well, thank well you. I'm, I'm, I hope it leads to big things. And I hope it's not we like can we want to be there. So. You know, we want to be there with you in the booth. And then we no. want to take you to, to Washington. You know, we, we go to Shmoo now. And well, then and then, then that's the crazy part because I already planned Shmoo before that. So it's like Thursday night. I'm taking a red eye to get to ShmooCon Friday morning. So that way I can bring the box and some cards and some fun things to ShmooCon to show people. Because last year at ShmooCon, I was showing off my prototypes. I didn't have hardware. A year ago, I didn't have fucking hardware. All I had was uh, prototypes that kind of worked. They didn't really work. Let's be honest. <laughs> My prototypes <laughs> never work. Right, Kataro? I wasn't going to go there, but since you brought it up, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but the second revision of all my shit is fucking amazing. It usually comes out great. So yeah, You're like Apple. Um, yeah, I'm like Apple. Like, don't buy the iPad one, buy iPad Gen two, and it's it's the it changes the world. So, fingers crossed, my Gen two changes the world. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. So then I'll be a schmoo. So yeah, like I don't and I don't see an end in sight. Like it's just back to back to back, and also have a day job too. Turns out, so I gotta yeah. do all the all the day job thingies too. So um, life is amazing. I feel wonderful right now. I'm like on cloud nine. I had an amazing time. Now, Kataro, tell us about your New Year's and tell us about your Jesus holidays, Christ. man. What what happened with you? So Christmas was good with the family, um, except my older kid who was home uh, came down with a nasty flu. Um, so he's fine now, but it was a, it was a bit of a rough uh, patch again. Sorry and uh, for those sucks. who don't know, in, in Japan, everything kind of shuts down around the 28th till the 3rd. Like all the stores, banks, post offices. So, you know, people travel. Uh, far away to go back to where their family is and then um you might have heard on the news that we have a ma- we had a massive earthquake on january 1st uh, so scary afternoon uh, 7.6 yeah. which is a large scale earthquake um which caused a tidal wave uh warning people got displaced because of that it turned into 24-hour disaster casting uh news broadcasting so it was since 3:11, the big earthquake 12 years ago what has happened is that there's a national alert system on the cell phone so whenever Whenever there's a big earthquake, no matter where in Japan, your phone goes off with this really loud beat warning you. And it's usually like a three or four second prior warning because mm-hmm. that's the only, that's the longest time they can measure uh, what they call a P wave, which is a um, specific frequency wave that gets emitted prior to an earthquake. So the moment any of the national sensors picks that up, it issues a lot of alert. So basically it was like a, a day of the TV, the phones, everything just going earthquake earthquake (laughs) luckily i'm on the other side of the island a lot of people reached out and asked me if i was okay Uh, thank you all for reaching out Um, fortunately you know um, i'm okay Um, and so is my family i had some friends who were affected because they were they have family out there but they're all alive Uh, however their Mm. families are now evacuated but i was talking prior you know to the recording of this show to iceman that when the 311 earthquake happened uh, 12 years ago um that was the first time in my life that I feared for my life from an earthquake. Um, so this earthquake, when it, when everything went off again, it was just like, I had flashback. It was like, you know, it was a traumatic right. event, flashbacks and, um, took yeah. you right back. Yeah. It took me right back and I felt for Jeez. people. PTSD. Dude, and my, my heart goes out so much yeah. to anyone um, affected by this. And, uh, That's so tragic. It is. I mean, we still don't know the full devastation uh, of the earthquake because on that side of Japan, there's a lot of smaller villages that right. have one lifeline coming in and the one lifeline going out and they're cut off because of landslides or, you know, the roads are broken up. Um, we won't know for a while. Uh, how many people potentially are fully affected. It's also causing a lot of issues with um, distribution. So some of these hard to reach places, they're out of food now. They're on the colder side of Japan and there's a massive winter storm coming in right now this oh, weekend. Oh, jeez. 
So, Insult uh, injury. Nasty. Yeah, and that was not it. You show me something about this airplanes crashing. Yeah, as well. and then oh and, god, and then, that was horrific. And, and then we had a um, airplane collision on um, a bus three a three fifty. Yeah, three fifty with the Japanese air with the Japanese coastal guard plane. And now this was a tragedy because of a tragedy. The Japan Coastal Guard plane was um, ready to ship surpluses and rescue people to oh. the disaster struck area. And oh, it geez. looks like the captain mistook the order for move into position one as go flight uh, from the tower. As it moved into the place, you know, the Japan Airlines plane hit it head on, burst into flames. Uh, luckily, all of the passengers on the Japan Airlines commercial plane were safely evacuated. There's news reports of two pets not being able to be saved. So oh, geez. As a pet owner, I hate that. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, the coastal plane lost five of their uh, people on board the captain is still alive yeah uh, so there's a full investigation going on so that was like as the you know the whole news cycle turns into 24 hours about the earthquake and they go oh by the way this plane bursted into flames and you know five people died and 400 people almost died um and i was just like and then there was a random stabbing uh incident in tokyo uh, akihabara oh, you know, a lot of people a lot of people right. been, there, been there the and electric city lots of tourists go there yeah somebody grabbed a knife went on the train stabbed five people or four people oh, gosh. Um, three of them are in critical condition but so yeah the last five days of 2024 i want to i want a refund dude and and i and i and i hate to be the debbie downer but i have one more to add at the salt lake city airport a guy broke oh, yeah. out through a fire exit went onto the tarmac and got into the engine compartment yeah. of yeah. Uh, an airplane and as it began taxiing apparently perished and then there's the and train collision so, in new york so oh, yeah like what the fuck is up with 2024 you thought 2020 was bad what the fuck is happening in 2024 is like hold my beer let me five fuck yeah you. right it's like five we're days five. in and we're like what i'm a bit disaster worn out right now yeah um, i'm ready for just some chill days so <laughs> maybe that means the rest of the year is just gonna be everything's gonna be uh rainbows and unicorns so uh, not knock on wood <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, it was just, it was just, uh, it was a rough couple of days for the last interview. But, you know, luckily, no, none of them has directly affected me. Um, yeah. But you get sucked into that negative vibe that this, you know, the negative vibe that it, all of this stuff generates. So it's been, it's been rough. Yeah. My um, heart definitely goes out to everyone in Japan, everyone yeah. affected by the earthquakes and the tsunamis and the yeah. disasters. And my yeah. heart definitely goes out to all of them. And, yeah. and especially the, the, the Japanese Coast Guard. Man, that's just horrific. So, was, yeah. So if that thoughts, earthquake didn't thoughts, happen, man. that airplane didn't go up in flames. Well, here's the thing, you know, El Cantaro is obviously very emotional about this. And, you know, we all feel for him and we feel for Japanese people and all that. That it's where are you going with this saying like but so now it's time to send him some club martes or oh, yes. something yes. <laughs> oh man i would i would die or some for celsius a... yeah some celsius. i just looked up celsius a six pack cost me 80 bucks here so i'm not buying that okay well i'm gonna oh. i'm gonna get you some cheaper than that because i bought i bought a 24 pack for uh 15 bucks at walmart <laughs> <laughs> Enough of catching up. Let's go move on to the show. I have not a... enough of catching up, dude. That was that was very meaningful and thoughtful, and I miss you guys. And uh, I'm we ready to oh, yeah. so, new so, year and so start a new one page. word so, to all, happy new year. all the people who subscribed or are not subscribed or who are watching this channel, stay safe. Yeah, 2024 stay is out safe. to kill you. Right. It's or not. I mean, it may it may just try to do weird things to you. So just just stay safe. Yeah, just stay be safe. prepared. Be prepared out there. So I have a quick couple of updates from previous content uh, that we did. Obviously, the Flipper episode we did last year is one of our most popular videos. Um, there has been a couple updates. Um, there is now Wall of Flipper. So the, like the Wall of Sheep. Kaomi and gang have put together a Wall of Flippers, which is the Wall of Sheep flipper version it will list all the loser stuff at the same time mg reached out to us talked about the episode he saw the episode and he said one thing that nobody not a lot of people talk about are the kids who are taking legal risks without being aware of operating the device i think that's a very fair uh, opinion um this isn't about ethics or or anything it's 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 like you know the old discussion we had is like do you need to have a criminal record to be a real hacker and i don't think that's the case anymore 
back in the days we didn't have any option but and there was no law right so um but i think i think the cool factor sometimes you know when i was a kid if i had a, if i was a teenager now i would definitely be going around with a flipper doing shit right um and i think we talked about this in, in our episode too that the older we are now is that we kind of aware of what are the implied risks of it which so might not be the case you know if we want to if we want to just want to rewind a little bit and you know MG is the dude who made the, Oh yeah. Sorry. What was that? See, that's why we have Ice Context. Iceman context. is our context man. Good good job, Iceman. <laughs> sure. uh, he know, created you know, the OMG cables, just, works yeah. with Hack5, uh manufactures his own cables in his garage, uh done trainings at Black Hat, friend of the program, friend of mine, uh love that dude from from years and years. Uh intelligent. When he sees a problem, he dives deep into it. Shout out to MG for sure. And the thing is, he got kind of emotionally invested in in that Twitter thread uh, that you're mentioning. There was it's a long one there. It was like covering the different aspects of the BLE spamming, and it was more of you know, and that turned out for this uh, in this reach out first because he thought he saw the episode and he thought that we had some interesting uh, takes on it instead of just saying that it's a bad thing to do i think let's just leave the moral discussions out of yeah. things and yeah. just you know have a love for technology and also understand you know what happens you know the consequences you know yeah and, and, and the consequences are significantly higher than for example when i started because of shit that my generation did the younger generation has to somewhat be put into a framework of, of, well, of, of i mean and and part of that is too like you have nomenclature like where people are saying that a action happened and they say a hacker did this and it's like no a criminal did a cyber attack against your organization organization wow. we still have that nomenclature and like wow. people have been fighting against that forever it's it's still there right and so yeah. i think that that's some of the problem is it's like guilty till proven innocent right yeah. so now there's more ways to be guilty than ever right it's super easy and yeah. tools are making it even more easy between port pack flipper you're one step away from somebody like knocking on your door and or even the pineapple right you could be doing the pineapple and and be doing some bad things with yeah. you know all these off the shelf tools that didn't exist when we were kids like it literally didn't exist so anybody stay legal stay safe if you do illegal shit don't brag about it on tiktok don't <laughs> <shoot it. laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, if you do at least get, get at least get enough lols to and enough likes and lols for the, the to social pay for your media cloud fees. is not worth it. I mean, uh, okay, and and here's the thing too. Like in my life, like I've been operating in gray areas for sure, especially because there's like case precedent precedents with like the Google and like capturing Wi-Fi and and like I've definitely done some gray area shit in other countries. And every single time that I've done it, I have gone to some sort of consultation, whether it's the EFF or other lawyers and said, okay, what's the risk? And they're like, well, do you not want to visit that country ever again? I'm like, well, maybe, maybe let's just put an X on that one. I did it once. So maybe we won't go back. And so like yeah. some of the, like, those are the things sometimes you have to think about when you're doing these things, like operate, like we live in a gray area. Unfortunately, the law is not caught up to where cyber and tech is like we live in a gray area, like even sometimes with my job and, and, and sometimes with, with what we do as professionals, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, we have a receipt that says or a, or a report that says that we're allowed to do a thing. But it's like, at the end of the day, are we actually literally allowed to do that? Like, we've had hackers that have been arrested under yeah. like work and because they operated slightly out of scope. And so yeah, at the end of the day, like, or be careful. I don't want to I don't want to give out names, but a good friend of ours, Jason, Sp I mean, um, person A. Person A, Person A Street. Yeah, Person A Street. J A Street. J A Street. Uh, Jason, we're looking at you. Who robbed the wrong bank? So There's love a, Jason to death. Apparently, so. there were two branch offices next to each other. He went into the wrong one as part of the test. If, and, if, you know if what? You don't know I mean, the story. I, you should you should ask him on on Twitter. Totally. And, and, and video about that. I've I've robbed banks too. Like I've been able to to rob banks in my career. And and dear, uh, dear feds, I have nothing to do not, with these criminals. It's not hard. It's not hard Please to be out of scope. Me. It's not. It's literally not hard to be out of scope. But it's like it's like the cases of tools like the uh, MZ Catcher, right? 
Right. Like, oh, totally. La launching the MZ catcher, people are like, oh, it's okay. It's like, no, it's yeah, not okay. Yeah, because I'm capturing those. It's an like you're broadcasting yeah. to do that. And right? that's, so, uh, yeah, right. And, but if and, you don't know, you don't know, right? And that's the problem is like some of these tools make it so easy that it's like, oh, well, the tool just says press go, right? Yeah. And then it's like, I don't know that I'm doing something wrong. So right. stay safe out there. Stay safe, uh, stay legal. If you get busted, so, we had nothing to do sorry. with it. Yeah, we don't know <laughs> you. More about Unsubscribe from our channel. <laughs> or, or come on our show and tell us about your leak hacks. Don't worry, Kantara will like blur your face and, yeah, yeah. and all that. So yeah, I'm sure we could so have some fun episodes. Boys. I have a couple um, uh, news items that I wanted to cover. The news! The news! Let's, Let's take it to the news! The first, um, first thing I wanted to cover, which I thought was kind of cool. NASA used a, a laser beam to transmit the first Ultra HD video from deep space. Oh, that's fucking amazing. Right? The technology advances. The technology wow. is, is just like, is ridiculous in a way that yeah. they used a, um, basically it's an optical communication, but point to point. Can I segue? Yeah. Did you know the first use of high-speed optical interconnection networking? No. Tell us. Day trading in New York, building to building. People wanted to have uh, like instantaneous day trading. So they had these giant arrays. They were like this big that was the receiver with a laser on the other side. And they were literally doing like Morse code to transmit data to be able to do day trading faster between buildings. That was the first like instance of uh, high-speed laser communication. <laughs> And so, now it's like doing stuff for NASA, like yeah. bringing high-speed images back from space. That's so incredible. On December 11th, NASA used a laser to stream a 50-second clip of a cat named Taters to Earth <laughs> from a spacecraft that's 19 million miles, 80 yeah. times the distance to the moon. Okay, I just want to oh. I just want to point out there now, was here, an engineer that was like, "We need to put a picture, a video of a cat on a spacecraft that we're no, launching but, but, to outer space." Here's the amazing thing: <laughs> that communication had 267 megabits per second. That's good trust. That's speed, that's, that's a pretty big chunk of bandwidth from that's deep space. That's better than I get right? on my cell phone, right? <laughs> so, I think that's a, it's amazing. Given the idea of you know communications, when we're going to do it to Mars, so having, that's that's the that's the background that. of it, is right? They're they're trying to find ways to communicate with Mars once people start going there, right? Oh, optical yeah. is going to be highly important. Laser yeah. laser optical communication. Now imagine sure. imagine you're an alien flying around Earth and go, what the fuck is this laser? You turn it on <gasps> and you see like a cat. Right? You go, wait, this is not the primary creature on Earth that we were looking at. <laughs> this is like that other thing that they it's have around the dominant race. Okay. <laughs> what if cats? maybe maybe the cats are the dominant race, but also what if the aliens have a wiggle like program for like laser beams that are being shot out in the universe? <laughs> right? Okay, we need to get arc on on laser yeah. wiggle. Do we have do we have a laser wiggle yet? But... I want to have a side note on this one though. Yeah. Uh, in Berlin during the Cold War in the sixties, they developed this microburst. So the spies, when we're trying to report home back from east uh, to west, they developed this little microwave uh, transmitter. So they just made a quarter of a second bursts of communications that was in non-interceptable in that sense because it was so slow. It was also made by light, but in the infrared spectrum, I think it was that kind of technology has been around for a long time to doing things to make them secure in the military aspects and back then it's like the short amount of time you are visible on the specter better for you know non-interceptance and today i think it's kind of opposite with the crypto and all that stuff imagining sending not burst imagine this laser sending this stuff a laser is very high focus point how on earth are you going to like point that directly it's like you know you have to be very precise yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to mars or have a giant target that it shoots against right so, so you have a giant receiver a giant target that it hits against i don't think it's a visible laser that they use um but um oh, definitely definitely not visible right it hit the antenna ray um from oh, deep space well and then here's the thing that they'll do too because we have an atmosphere here on earth Right. And so it might make sense to bounce it off of another satellite that's the receiver in space because you won't get any attenuation in space because yeah. there's any atmosphere to scatter the the um, spectrum, the the frequency that it's there, that it doesn't get attenuated by the atmosphere and then relay it back to Earth using a more effective mechanism. So I don't know how this one was set up. but So apparently the, re the video was, was received at Palomar Observatory. Then it was sent to JPL over the internet 
to be decoded. The irony is that the speed between the observatory and JPL was slower than the bandwidth of the space laser. <laughs> well, and, that, and that what's crazy is like, if you take, for example, let's say you had it in deep space and you use the James Webb telescope in infrared, wow. for example, like, and you had a broadcast out there, like the James Webb could be an excellent receiver for transmitting that type of stuff back to earth. So side note, I'm a huge nerd about No, But when, when I read this news, JSV, I had a, amazing. I had a childhood memory come back to me of a movie called the cat from outer space, which was released ah, in 1978. Yes. See, really nice. <laughs> Iceman is old enough to remember. Yeah. Dude, I watched I this as a kid. The, yeah. the the neck bracelet yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah totally yeah, yeah. i remember right. that shit totally. yeah. yeah i had a babysitter that made me watch it and i loved it <laughs> now so i feel i was old. like i was like this is literally no i saw it in the movie theater so i was me like too. this is literally a cat from outer space almost i mean cat from outer space but yeah if you haven't seen the clip itself which is on youtube oh it's going to be in the show notes it's actually a cat chasing a laser which is, it makes it so meta inside each other. <laughs> I didn't know that that's the clip they used. Yeah, so there's oh a cat gosh, on the yeah, sofa. That is super meta. Chasing, <laughs> chasing a laser pointer, right? Oh, okay, whoever, who, who, whoever at NASA picked that up needs a huge raise. Yeah, so like the press release, I'll put it in the show notes, but it's it's a wonderful press release. <laughs> it's just one of those make you feel happy kind of news. It's like, this is... This is awesome tech, and uh, it's and it's at the same time it's also very unenjoyable. So okay, side note: Did you know we can use lasers to propel space sail, uh, uh, solar oh, yeah, yeah. sails in sales. in space? Yeah. Yeah. All right, lasers are dope. I love lasers. These yeah, are all the things. Because, because actually, light has gravity but no mass or something like that. See, that's it? why we have Iceman for insights like that. So that was one of his strangest things because otherwise you wouldn't be able to propel something if you don't have anything that bounces off the sail. So that's, you have to that, be an influence. That's yeah. very true. So I always thought it was massless and gravitationless, but it apparently doesn't. One of them, I might be wrong. It either has mass or it has I'm I think sure it has some mass. Star Trek I think fan, the photons Star Trek have fan mass. is gonna go well, actually, well, actually, yes, I yes. want a well, actually, in the comments. Let's have a well, actually discussion yes. in the comments. Yes. I, and I want formulas. I want formulas. God damn it! <laughs> Be like, do, 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 formulas do, do. and proofs, not so copy and paste from ChatGPT. If, if you have no. infinite propulsion and propulsion propulsions, you would get. The Iceman has a technical know-how, just not the English ability to explain what he wants us to do. <laughs> <laughs> I do actually. Sometimes I have some stuff. Yep, that would be kind of interesting because you will keep on increasing the speed for things and you can travel to other stars eventually. You know, they can have come up to the speed of light. But the problem is not that. The problem is braking because you have a, you have a massive amount of speed that you need to break down to zero. Well, we just right. we just need to send a satellite deep in the other direction that shoots a laser back the other way. <laughs> is, that, is that practically like the skiing, like running to a tree to stop kind yeah, of thing? Exactly. See, Katara gets it. Just, just run us into a planet and see what happens. Right. Yeah, anyway. you can do that. You can bend it around things. Yeah, but that usually increases speed. Okay. See, Ark was really good at that stuff. He seems to be a, you know... See, this is Iceman going off in, in his mind, doing all the it's calculations. We're going to see, like, we're going to see, like, a Proxmark add-on that, like, you can communicate <laughs> with the Proxmarks over lasers now. High <laughs> bandwidth, you know? Dude, actually, that would be sick. Okay? A, like, a long-range... Yeah. <laughs> Get back on track. <laughs> okay. Can we can we file <laughs> future requests by just being on the show? So the so the other I'm sure other... you don't have a backlog of feature requests at all. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, the other news bit that I wanted to cover was actually one of the um, Twitter followers, Dustin, uh, pointed this out. There was a video of a guy going up to his neighbor, and because the neighbor had a ring cam, asked you know if he could have the Wi-Fi password because he's been using it, and now there's a password <laughs> on it. Right. Change password. And that, that grew a slew of comments and the video has gone viral. Piggybacking of With other people's of Wi-Fi has never been a new thing. It's always been the case, right? That's why you always should have a password on your Wi-Fi unless you are altruistic and want to share it with everybody or you're a right. part of the open roaming uh, coalition or your ISP does it or you're a fawn user or whatnot. But if you go to YouTube and you search for 
crazy neighbors asking for Wi-Fi password. There's like a shit ton of videos of it, right? And like they all they all seem so entitled of using your Wi-Fi, right? Now the question is, is Wi-Fi public property in that sense? Now, Canada, for example, I think has defined access to the internet as a basic human right, the ability oh. to communicate over the internet. Well, and there's okay. that's yeah, a like different programs. There's been programs in the US that do that as well and use that to justify funding yeah. for rural internet programs. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of people in the US who have internet in rural areas, high-speed internet in rural areas, thanks to that same mentality. So... But like in the case but, of like the this earthquake, for example, right now, the major carriers, because their infrastructure is the cell phone network has been damaged to a certain degree. They have deployed mobile units that can deploy mobile Wi-Fi networks that can allow some connectivity. So they have right. this free disaster area Wi-Fi. And I think Cisco has a team that they can launch into disaster zones, war-torn zones to provide basic internet access for information sharing, right? So okay. I know that would be a dope-ass job. What's that, Mr. President? Send me out to set up internet? Done. That's very thunder British. Isn't that what COVID goes like, hey, Starlink, can we get some receivers? <laughs> That's except for today. except for it'd be like oh how much am i getting paid <laughs> no it's like just send me out i'll go set this shit up and get yeah. us going again yeah well, free wi-fi or free internet is of course interesting and i think the law is not backing up because every time it's like saying that you're responsible for you know what's going on on your ip address right. makes it uh, the free wi-fi aspect very very hard to fulfill even if you want to give that in, in an emergency scenario. I mean, the, 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 question, the question comes up then, you know, who takes the responsibility of downloaded content, right? If your neighbor is hosting like a questionable content torrent on your Wi-Fi, I mean, we've seen this in the news all the time, like people getting sued but because their neighbor was not even not even sued thieving. just like like getting your service shut down like comcast right. will be like if you download a torrent on your network let's say your your neighbor's using free wi-fi they'll be like oh by the way you have a strike one more of those will shut your service yeah. off xfinity will do that so is wi-fi public property i don't think so i do think internet access should could be a basic human right i mean they're they're very bigger problems than internet access i, I understand that too but but I, internet access, it's like I, saying newspapers should be free for everybody. Uh, what? Well, I mean, kind of. I mean, the problem, though, is there's so much more utility to the internet than right. yes. than, than newspapers. So I think but, that it's like evolved to a whole different level. And I think one of the, the biggest issues, they started out offering it for free, right? So you established a precedent that it was free to begin with. And then it's like, oh, shit maybe I just learned how to configure my router. If you never intended to offer free Wi-Fi, like that's on you. And that's a situation you have to deal with now that's turned into the real world of somebody potentially showing up to your house. And it's like, I think that's a problem of technology that we need to educate more people because failed. Like we literally failed people and we're not providing a secure solution out of the box. That's mm. what I think. I think I think that it's being implemented wrong. If somebody can plug in a router and it's not secure and your neighbor's able to use it for free. And if you didn't intend it for them to be fully free. And that's some of these videos, I wonder if it's like, okay, well, like maybe they just flip the script and want to be a dick now because they want to get like the reaction. Yeah, but it was going to be this entitlement. People feel very entitled. So Yeah, I but you started out offering it for free. Yeah, but you started out offering for free. If you should have secured it. Offering is different. If you go out offering, then you go out and say, hey, neighbors, you can use with, my Wi-Fi. With how it. easy it is to secure, you can literally get your router, click like three clicks. Yeah, I know. I like know there's no reason you yes. should have an insecure network at this point in, in, the, in the world. That is true. And, it's and so it's like the entitlement comes from the fact that you started it as free. You, you offer, it's like, okay, Iceman, you're like going to you, come over to lunch every day and eat lunch with me. And then tomorrow I'm going to charge you for your lunch. How are you going to feel about no, that? No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's going to be like sure that. it is. It's the exact same no, because it's like no, it's, it's like That's your you you're, you're inviting it by essence no, no, of not securing no. it. Not not no. I I, th no, no, I think no, it's a no, bit different agree. because you are actively inviting Iceman over for lunch, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. there's a just like an open Wi-Fi network if, is no, actively no, no, inviting no, no, no. people. No, you, no. We, there's Wiggle. You can literally go on Wiggle and find open Wi-Fi networks. No, no. And if you want to, you can go find no, those is, networks. Is, no, look a bit. And is, people are trained that way. McDonald's, Wi-Fi, Delta. They're going to go drive to those places and get their free Wi-Fi. And people come like, oh, here's free pie because it was free. It was a pie in the window. I took it and ate it. And you're like, who the fuck took my pie? No, well, it was there. It was free. It's like you offer it. No, you didn't. 
I put it there to cool down and people just took it. Okay, Even now put the pie on pie. your mailbox. Put the pie on your mailbox and then yes. tell me that I can't take your pie. Of course you can't. It's Why? Why can't I take your pie on your mailbox? Your it's not your property. Your, your mailbox is on well, the easement, well, which is I, public if, property. If I put my car on the street, can you take it? No. I don't have the keys, no, so I, I think can't it's get closer, in because it's secured. I think it's closer to a urinal. Then sure, I can outside, drive it. A urinal right next to your Right? Post if your box. car's unlocked, I could get in and yeah, drive it. able to is not Right, that right. Legal. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't mean it's legal. Right. Taking well, sure. And property is illegal. So. And, 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 and by the letter of the law, sure, because the law hasn't caught up. Yes, it could be technically be theft of services, right? But at the same time, like you should secure it just like you should lock the keys to your car. If you leave $100 on your dashboard and don't lock your car, yes. what do you think is going to happen to the $100? Yeah, the thing is, going to yes, take but, a but ride on your car. Sense. Wait, no, what? But you, you know, here's it. You were saying that it's an entitlement. It's something that we can have. It's something a human basic right. So if you see a, an open car and it's a hundred dollars in, it's your human right to take. But it. No. the difference. No, is, but that's no, Iceman. I think you're wrong because so, you're now justifying porch pirates, right? Right. If I leave well, my Amazon package outside because I'm not home, I'm okay with that. That doesn't mean somebody can go take it. Well, and, and, I mean. the difference exactly is, is the difference is I don't need what's in your Amazon box. I may need the the ability to connect to the internet to be able to check the email that the government sends me information about what I'm getting paid for to check my healthcare information, to thing. check my power it, bill, it, to check my things. It, so many services now are connected. Internet to people, then the internet should be free for everyone, not that the one who pays for the service. And and I I I would love that society. I don't know, man. Government government-owned Wi-Fi access just sounds like a horrible. As someone who formerly was an internet service provider, I was absolutely aware of the last mile problem. The last mile problem is where it is extremely difficult to offer internet service to the end user because the most expensive part of the internet is the last mile to the customer. It's the most expensive to install. It's the most expensive to support. It's the most expensive to everything. And unfortunately, there isn't a way to properly provide that. However, you continually have all of these big services and governments and companies that are throwing things that act like utilities, but we don't have the internet marked as a utility. And so, of course, people are going to try to get access to it for free or for cheap or for ways that they can. And yes, there's a huge gap there. We absolutely need to provide more internet to more people as cheaply as possible so that they can access it. So we don't have these issues. And again, like we're talking about like edge cases of worst case scenarios. Most people secure their well, shit. On, in, the same, in the same breath, um, an article just came out that Mexican cartels are now providing Wi-Fi to locals. And they are threatening locals with death if they don't use it and pay for it. I mean, over the last year, the we've cartels talked about are like, like, they're like yo, cities in Texas that have offered free to my, Wi-Fi to, at like, to my like SSID, places around the town. I will fuck you up if you don't pay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they you they call pay. them. Hey, yeah. you gotta. You, hey, if the if the customers aren't aren't paying for your drugs, they might as well pay for your Wi-Fi, right? <laughs> I don't think that's the case though, because these are not the same customers. They're like setting up Wi-Fi access points with antennas, they are called narco antennas, and they're going into neighborhoods, extorting people money. Any organized crime has in, in any any country, in Japan, in the guess, US, where they come around, guess, it's guess like, what? in the US, you know, they're called the reason why you, they, they, your they shop put, isn't They put cable on the line, and they come into your house, and they say, okay, we'll give you internet for $50. <laughs> and then next month, it's $120, all right? So, like, cartel, Xfinity, they're all the fucking same, man. Yeah, but Xfinity doesn't threaten you to kill you if you don't pay and use the Wi-Fi. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know, man. <laughs> hey, Xfinity, just in case you wanted to sponsor us, that's Mike's personal opinion, not the show's opinion. Well, I want to do cover that idea with free Wi-Fi. Um, I use I ran the Pornagotchi for some time here in my neighborhood. You know, I tried to explain to my kids what we were doing and what I was doing. Just a disclaimer: I have no idea. Yeah, Swedish, disclaimer: uh, that, Swedish that's legal, legal laws. If it's US, illegal, in... please do not run. Of course, of course, run Pornagotchis yeah. on your neighborhood uh, that could be construed as connecting and clients off of their network I mean, in the United States. I mean, States. if you're the Not shadow lawyer, king of Sweden, you can get away with a lot of shit. You know? I don't run a Ponagachi. Anyway, yes, I ran the Ponagachi. I explained to my kids, so what can you do? I'm like, well, you could connect to that network and, you know, and you can use it to get internet. 
And he looked like he looked at me like I was stupid. I was like, but we have our phones for that. Why would I use someone else's Wi-Fi? It's like, like everybody has Wi-Fi in Sweden, you know, or access to internet. But, but a lot of people don't distinguish between wireless and Wi-Fi plan, anymore, right? A five gig a month data plan, and then they'll figure out how to get extra internet. The thing is, like, you know, it's it's the access to internet where we're talking about how you access it. It doesn't matter to them. It's just that we have access to that internet. Like right. you were saying, Dark, that became then, you know, why should I hook up to someone else's Wi-Fi? It was just, it's like strange for them. It's like, why would I do that? It's like, well, you can get free Wi-Fi. Yeah, but I already have free Wi-Fi. Like, uh, well, you know, daddy pays for your phone bill, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, that that seems like a like a, a parenting lesson that needs to happen about like about metering internet connections. Imagine when they get throttled to uh, I don't know fifty six k. Be like, hey, this is what I grew up with. That was, that was fast when I was growing up, <laughs> like twenty four. <laughs> but you know, but no, I think I think. I think Mike is right in a sense that now I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't bought a router, a cheap router in ages now. I don't think routers come with no password on them. I think by default, they come with a password that you have to punch in that you can change later. It's like VPS, WPS, right? Right. I mean, that's yeah. simpler way to connect. But that that's, that's not a thing anymore, right? I mean, a lot of people are now used to punching in a password anyway. So, I mean, unless you have like an old thing running, with yeah. no password intentionally, it's almost really hard to run a free Wi-Fi unless you're proprietor of a business and you're allowing it for your customers, right? Yeah. As a personal router, I don't think there's a router out there that doesn't require a password. No, when I see now, it on the I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying it could be the default password. It couldn't, you know, it can yes. be it can be that people don't know how to like my parents don't know how to change their password. That's for sure. But you know, it's, it's, it's secure. It's, it's, you know, it's random enough that it, you know, you have to make an effort to crack it, you know, free Wi-Fi on a personal level almost feels intentional in, in getting this kind of, or you just, you don't want a password, right? I have a guest network here that doesn't have a password, but that's a separate segment, but that's just me being nerding out. And I have friends who have segmented everything, right? So, well, and, and, and I do too. I have a, I have a fully open Wi-Fi network uh, and it's segmented and it's limited to five megabit. And it's like, you want to drive and use the internet in front of my house. And guess what? There has some, been some very interesting DNS queries that have come up on that network. Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. But you're logging everything. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I'm running a um, a um, pie hole. I'm running a yeah. pie hole on it, and like, there's some filtering on it. And then at the end of the day, it's like, guess what? I'm your ISP. I used to run an ISP. I ran an ISP for three years. So like, that's still in my blood. I still want to do that. And it's like, this is my ability to give back to people who want to connect free Wi-Fi. So and five megabits, not a big deal. Like when I've got a gig, get what you're gonna get. And it doesn't impact anything very much. So, and then I've got a bunch of stuff, you know, with pie hole, like Katara said, nerding out. So that's Back it, you know, write in the comments. What do you think about Wi-Fi? Is it a public property that should be free to everybody? Or is it public property is not necessarily means it should be free for everybody. I feel like, like it, I feel like it should be more like a utility. And for those who can't afford it, definitely should be subsidized. People should be able to uh, get more access to it. So, well, look, look. Let's keep on track on this one a little bit more. And uh, I think in Sweden we have we have a lot of governmental services it is now available on internet, and there's no offices, so you have either phoning or you use an internet service in order to do your uh, you know communications with them. And that implies that you do have access to internet, and that the government forces you to have internet must have internet in order to be able to communicate with them. And when they do it in that case, that would mandate for the government to actually sit, make sure that there is. No, I think I think that's a good. I, I think there is a argument there to be made that government should be able to provide free internet access at specific points within a specific location. But at the same but time, I, we go we, we go back to the last mile issues that that's fine for bigger cities, but if you live in bumfuck corner of the state that nobody ever visits where there is no government property you'll have to travel like i don't know 12 hours on a sled to get to i, I drove i drove for an hour and a half through no cell service on two different carriers and wow. there is no cell service today 
and I drove about there was houses and there was other things and like that's just the reality of of what it is and like yes the ideal would be that yes you have like all of these services are becoming a utility they're becoming integrated into it yes you would have some sort of pro- like providing of internet service and we're getting definitely a diverse amount of ways to provide those services, whether it's through Starlink. Uh, I used it on my trip to Montana, where probably 60% of my trip this summer was no internet and was able to get internet through Starlink. So big fan of uh, what I was able to do with that. There just isn't a simple solution to fix all these problems because people choose to live in a bunch of different places. So it's, it's, it's uh very, it's not an easy problem. It's, it's complicated. And honestly, Iceman, dude, I get where you're coming from and I feel you and I totally argue all day long on your side of the fence too. And, but to, like, we, we, if you don't as, have a good argument, if no, no, no. Means. And it's fun because I like this side of the argument because I very much am, am a person that wants like the proliferation of it. And I want the prolifer- proliferation of it to be cheaper. So I'm very much on that end of the spectrum of how do we get into people's hands? Now, now like, I have to ask, ask, how much do you pay for internet in, in your different countries? You all from across the world. So my Starlink, when I was using Starlink over the summer, that was $135 a month. Uh, my cell phone plan to be able to get Verizon and I only get v, 4G Verizon, but I'm grandfathered on an unlimited plan. I've been grandfathered onto it since 2011 uh, and I pay $165 a month for that. My home internet for my gig, I pay $135 a month for my gig, 300 megabits for my kids. I pay $85 a month for that. Uh, th- that's, that's my internet bills. Wow. That doesn't, that doesn't include my AWS. That doesn't include my Google yeah. cloud. That doesn't include my Nord VPN, my three other VPN services that I use as well. So if you're so, a VPN provider, and want to sponsor the show. Hit me up. If you want to, if you want to sponsor any of my fucking internet bills, let me know. So Kentaro, what's your, you know, what, what do you pay? Yeah, but I have, I have, I have a 10 gig fiber plan with my cell phone. I have a 10 gig fiber. None of my plans were above a gig. Like I had one in like, so I'm so jelly. This is me. This is my jealous face. Go on Kentaro. Tell me more of your 10 gig. My cell phone provider has selected a couple areas in within Tokyo to test a 10 gig. Yeah fiber internet and uh, my my house that i live in just happens to be there but it's it's all tied into my cell phone bill right so i don't have just the pricing for that and side note because like i'm highly passionate about this like i said i had an internet company ran an internet company a last mile internet company for years my friends in romania 45 dollars a month for up to a gig yeah So I pay, what is it, for my 4G for my phone? I pay $9 a month. But yeah, it's not, it's in the, it's in the 150 to 120, 150 range, depending yeah. on my and, cell phone usage. Um, and I got this fiber at home for uh, broadband for uh, 500 up and 100 down. Oh, but my, my, up and my, down. Yeah. the pricing that is on their website based on pure bandwidth wise it's a two-year contract which means i have to use it at least for two years renews every two years it's six thousand five hundred yen ish so that's close to 40 bucks for 10 gig fiber yeah the internet in the u.s sucks internet prices man the xfinity price the xfinity i can't i can't i can't i can't max it out the xfinity account that i was talking about that's 300 megabits uh and that's 135 dollars a month and they just tried to like scam it, make it 175 yeah. a month by sending a Roku-like streaming device uh, and saying it's a free upgrade, uh, but it changed the monthly amount. So, <laughs> so I pay about 40 bucks for a month for that 500, uh, and I, I should be oh. about 80 bucks if I want to have a gigabit. I just uh, I just remembered one more. Um, me and Henry, we have a dedicated fiber line that's 100 megs up, 100 megs down, and that's 385 a month for a business Jesus. dedicated yeah, but, but, fiber yeah, line is not dedicated right one. it's 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 yeah. best effort 10 gigs so i don't get the full 10 gigs ever oh sure i mean right. uh, like i would i would time. be happy with 100 megs on a 10 gig line yeah <laughs> like i can't even guarantee that on any of my shit here yeah the last mile internet is a huge problem okay. so so Iceman, just to just to circle back around when you when you hear some of these people complaining about internet and, and, and like getting free internet or 
maybe even cheap internet, I'm sure they'd be happy to pay your $9 a month to get your yeah. 4G access. And they, they, that wouldn't be a problem at all. The problem is, is they're getting free internet and then their alternative is fucking $85 a month. That's a different so, story, isn't it? I ran a test uh, <laughs> of my home fiber like two months ago because we had some issues. I got 909 meg download and 100 and 850 meg upload speeds on that 10 gig line. So I don't oh. get a full 10 gig, but... <laughs> Hey, Kataro, I have a server if you want to just start pushing stuff up and let's just see how long we can max it out for. <laughs> we'll yeah. just do uh, uh, iPerf, just do iPerf tests <laughs> all day long, <laughs> run it for like two weeks and until somebody But complains. like I said, I mean, a lot of my stuff at home is wireless, so it's like I can't max out that. I mean, that 900 oh. meg count is because it's hardwired GigaSwitch desktop. Dude, get this. So in, in 2014, this is a long time ago, I know. Things have changed since then. I was paying $3,000 a month for a 300 megabit by 300 megabit uh, synchronous um, oh, yeah. uh, dedicated internet line that I was reselling to all my customers. I had a I had $3,000 a month for that. I had 128K line. digital dedicated line oh, that yeah. I paid 150 bucks a month for but it came with a full class C address. So I was like, okay. Dude, <laughs> one of my customers, they had a T1 in 2008 or 2009. They had a T1, 1.5 megabits for those keeping track at home, $1,800 a month for that T1. And it was like a dedicated T1, like legit old freaking 32 wires T1. It was nasty. It was a nasty, nasty circuit. And then exactly, but things the changed. phone company came in and changed it and they swapped it to basically <coughs> a T1 over DSL and replaced all those wires with two wires. It was so wild. That blew my mind that you could take a T1 and turn it to two wires. Those were the days. Those were the days. <laughs> Back to the news. My, my grandma my grandma had uh, two phone lines and, and I would run my modems shotgun on both lines. And it would be awesome until somebody would pick up the line. And then, so that's when I'd start using the internet from like 1 a.m. Because everyone would go to sleep until yeah. like 5 a.m. Until my grandpa would wake up and go to work. I mean, I was old. I'm old enough that back in the college, like local calls after 12 were free. So we just call up the local <laughs> ISP you know, and just leave it on. <laughs> for nine, you know. Cash in all those AOL yeah. 30 day free trials. <laughs> I remember starting at the uni in 94 and. Uh, we had like email address for the first time and, you know, free internet. And they encouraged you to do internet, you know, Netscape, that old browser. That oh, Netscape yeah. was dope, man. Yeah. And sitting there and, you know, trying to do Netscape things. Netscape Navigator, gold. Anyone use Netscape Navigator, gold? 